to digging up the conceptual ideas. Like an archaeologist. Okay. <laughs> a dance archaeologist. Hello everybody, welcome to Wombat Radio. Today we're next to Newtown Station and we're speaking with Laura Boynes. Hello, Laura. Hello, Matt. Nice to be here. (laughs) (laughs) Last time we spoke to you was for Praxis, but it was uh, a trio interview. Well, with with Tristan dropping in. Yeah, he had a kind of a brief. Yeah, you guys had a deadline. Yeah, interview. <laughs> yeah, via Skype. It wasn't as like, no, it's true. Personal, was it? No. Yeah. Um, but now we're hanging out, having a cup of tea, and you're making mm. another dance, Wonder Woman. I am. Yeah. Um, I am working on a solo commission project called Wonder Woman, um, and I've asked three amazing choreographers to Mm -hmm. each make a short work on me um and which kind of scares the crap out of me (laughs) and also is just this um real I have a real desire to achieve this personal performance challenge of undertaking like a full-length solo work that you'll have um, to carry the whole evening. That I will have to carry. Wow. <laughs> like a big like female Paul White, burden. Basically. The oracle. Laura Boyne's the oracle. Oh, God. No pressure. <laughs> um, yeah, so I, um, the work, um, when I approached the women about, it's about a year ago now, but the, um, so the, the women, the women, in <laughs> inverted commas, um, are Adelina Larson, uh, Julianne Long and Nicola Gunn. Um, they all have really um, different movement histories mm-hmm. and backgrounds and that's why I was really drawn to them. I also wanted to work with people I've not worked with before. I know them all um, personally. Um, not incredibly well, but enough, you know, to have a foyer conversation. Um, but I, I really wanted to challenge myself with, yeah, just not being comfortable at all. I needed to be out of my comfort zone with new people in a new place mm-hmm. and um, in a new uh, new way of working. Um, and yeah. you know what, what dance you're making and <laughs> why you're making it? I, um, uh, so yes, I'm trying to answer these, um, questions, this task that Julianne gave me. I'm working with her this week and she's given me, um, a task of answering, I'm making a dance because, um, and I just have to list as many reasons as I can. Um, some of the things I've written so far, um, uh, I'm making a dance because it is what I know how to do. <laughs> um, I'm making a dance because um, it can be incredibly difficult being a woman and making art helps me to process life. Um, that sounds like a big statement, doesn't it? Um, I'm making a dance because um, I wanted to learn from and collaborate with inspirational women I hadn't worked with before and it goes on and on and probably once I've come up with all of the first responses there'll be mm-hmm. some really interesting abstract ones some gold. and I think that's where Julianne will start mining from uh, <laughs> she's like a magpie <laughs> no I've only just started um yeah so I'll be here for a while with these I think um but yeah when we walked in to the studio on um Monday or Tuesday um I was starting with Julianne and in the first 10 minutes Mm -hmm. we were just rolling around having a stretch she'd already snuck off and written down some things that I'd said and the work had already begun and I you know she's she was like watch out I'm a magpie (laughs) so you know it seems to be her work seems to be going down a bit of an autobiographical um path at this stage um uh but you know we don't know where it will go um but basically yeah the um when I approached them the provocation was um I I wanted to make a work about 
that responds to kind of female gender issues like past and present um, but not you know we aren't trying to take on this huge idea of feminism it could be from the tiniest um, tiniest idea um, to you know something much broader um, but in already having been in the studio for nearly two weeks it's already there because we're all women and we have lived experiences um, so we are you know we're thinking about particular um, facets of this idea but we have the history in ourselves already um, and is it called Wonder Woman or is that just your well no that's not my alter ego it's called, <laughs> it's called Wonder Woman at this stage uh-huh. we've also been tossing up I like this term um, Chiro Oh yeah. Um, the like the female, you know, the heroine that the yeah, Shiro, Shiro. Um, but you know, I needed an overarching title that would kind of encapsulate some of the ideas. And Wonder Woman, she's you know been a bit of a controversial figure because some people think she's like a feminist um, icon, and other people think she's a big failure. Um, and I did go and see the movie this year and I felt very unsure about that as well. (laughs) Um, Hollywood, you know. But do you think it's the sort of thing where that kind of discussion isn't even had for heroes? It's only had about sheroes? Um, yeah, I think so. Because I imagine that yeah. this, this discourse wasn't surrounding Captain America or anything no. like that. No, and well, I think Wonder Woman, I, I might be wrong, but I think she was essentially one of the first superheroes that were female. I would have to double-check that. But she mm. you know, was formed 75 years ago. Um, yeah, which is... Um, and she was meant to be um, a feminist icon, but she was designed by a man, which I find interesting but now we you hear about her and you just think of this kind of sexy woman who's a bit strong um and that's what hollywood has done to her in the film although i did really enjoy that she was an israeli actress and she was an unknown you know unknown to us um i think she is in fast and furious she too well yeah. Three. I'm, I'm not. <laughs> I'm so up on my car films. But, you know, like I liked, she was a little bit more believable because she wasn't already a Hollywood superstar. Yeah. Um, but I still don't think the movie, it wasn't good. It didn't, <laughs> it didn't, didn't do her justice. Um, but, yeah, I... Um, so how are you going to deal with doing, like, your work doing you justice or your experience justice and not becoming a caricature yourself? Um, I mean, you've already taken the first step by having created voices that are that live the female experience, yeah. that are crafting then yeah. what it is being representing it. then I guess there's also about how you get into the performance works or the scores, whether you're presenting the thing or Mm. demonstrating the thing or becoming the thing. Mm. I think um, it's all of those Mm. things. I mean, um, Adelina's work um, is very much... um, It comes from the body um, and, you know, there's a... We looked at a lot of concepts in there and everything from kind of rape culture to like the super self like the the super version of Mm. myself and the power inside me as a um woman but as a mover um i do think dancers have superpowers (laughs) yeah definitely (laughs) um and so really i think they so her work was very much about the body and then this week I'm with Julianne and we're really um, I think looking at the other end of things so possibly more of the perceptions around how we view 
women caricature stereotypes. Um, so I feel a little bit more. Uh, it's um, there's personal experience in there because a lot of it is autobiographical. There's text that's coming from me, but um, it's not coming from the middle of my core like the movement if that makes sense yeah. so I do feel like the works will address it in lots of different ways and that is why I wanted to have three different women who I knew would do tackle it in incredibly different um, ways because it is the idea of feminism and is such a multifaceted beast and Mm. Um, you know, look, looking into and researching the different um, kinds of labelled um, forms of feminism. I was just, I was sort of like, well, I don't know where I fit in here. I don't, I'm not, yeah. um, uh, but, but I, I know that I believe, I, I, well, I have all of my own um, beliefs around feminism, but I don't fit. I'm not labelled in one of those categories, so I feel like the works give me the freedom to... I don't want to be sort of responsible to say this is how it is. It's it's just, yeah, like I've said in past work, I'm asking questions. Like, I'm not trying to be, yeah. um, you know... But it's nice that you're asking... So you're asking question, those questions of your body and of your audience and of your collaborators so you're asking those questions of Julianne who is a white appearing woman that grew up in an Australian context that has a 21 year old child and mm -hmm. then you're asking that question of your other collaborator Adelina who um, grew up in Sweden looking Mexican mm -hmm. um, who is 21 weeks into her first pregnancy mm -hmm. and that's their generations apart yeah. um, and so even there that whole trajectory of that it's Adelina's mum who moved to the Swedish context mm. and then raised mm. her children there would pretty drastically inform that you're not just dealing with um, Western or Australian no. female context either. No, and um, it is, it was really important to me um, that certainly the people I approached were at different stages in their lives and their careers. Um, do, you know you, do you know what stage you're at? <laughs> <laughs> I know that... It seems that, easy um, to see from the outside. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I don't know. At? I mean, I think I'm... I've been... Well, technically, you know, the government thinks we're emerging forever. Um, but I feel like... I've been making work for a while, okay. a little while, but not, you know, in the scheme of things, only probably five years or so. Um, There's not time for But I do feel yet. like, not yet, no. <laughs> I do feel like this is a really important um, work that I'd like to carry out. And Julianne's been quite, she's been very interested about my age and this idea that I have a plan and Tell us about um, your plan. well <laughs> um, yeah basically it's just you know 32 um, feels like a potential tipping point for me like career-wise and personally and we've spoken quite a bit about um, there's so much um, like female energy around this project like Adelina's pregnant and, and I'm kind of heading towards thinking that in a year or so and my mum has got breast cancer and, like, there's all of these, like, female, really strong female energies that are surrounding this mm. time and it's um, part of the process, I think, is kind of acknowledging that all those things are happening. Um, Would you get your mum to choreograph on me? <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, that's a nice idea. But, um, yeah, I mean, now I've forgotten the question. Oh, the plan, the plan. But, you know, I think it is a really, it's definitely a 
you know, I'm getting married next year. Like there's these kind of life events that are happening mm. and I feel like, yeah, this is a marker that I want to have um, not because I won't be um, performing or making work after that point but perhaps I can have a pause and have some other life things occurring and then come back like like I need a marker <laughs> I don't know so she's very interested in um, all of that yeah well um, she even did her um, invisible woman series yeah yeah which is pretty yeah so all of, I approached all of these women um, also because they have made work um, about women for women um, around female issues before in their careers and Julianne in particular has spent almost her entire career making um, kind of feminist um, type work um, and so she her most recent ongoing long-term project has been the invisibility project and um, I just thought that was fabulous and it was the first thing that came to me because um, the whole work came from going to a symposium probably two or so years ago now in Fremantle called We Are Not Dead Yet and it was about um, you know females roles in the arts and and um, gender disparity and um, the in like the invisibility of the older female artists and um, it just yeah it really struck a chord in me and and also around that time all of the women's marches were happening like internationally and nationally mm. and I kind of I felt so confused I had a conversation with my mum one day and she said we we marched about all of these things in the 60s and 70s. Why, why is it still happening now? And I thought, what? yeah, why haven't things changed? We're still talking about the same stuff. And so I'm very aware that making a work <clears throat> surrounding these topics is not new, but it's my, it's me sort of wanting to um, deal with it. Yeah, yeah, wanting to deal with it. So yeah, I think um, yeah, Julianne has a, a huge history which I'm really interested in. Yeah. She's really explored these topics. She's done some and, of the work for you. Yeah, but I and I was I said to her, "There's no. It would be interesting to see if you can pass any of that um, knowledge from all these years on to me." Um, but also we can just totally wipe it clean and yeah, start, yeah. you know, because that might be too difficult a task. Yeah. Um, yeah. What about, I am interested in how you work when you're not, because in this situation you're, you've set up the construct mm -hmm. and then it plays out where somebody else um, comes and brings their agenda and it mingles with yours but when it's just your agenda mm. how do you work in the space like you make up the curry and then you put it on the dances or you make it up for yourself or you um, put loud music on and you're like okay I need to do yeah. this and then I can do it um, a half speed facing a different direction um, well I do a whole range of things I, I there's quite a lot of time prior to any studio time where I like stare into space and mm. write things on the bus that's a good place for writing ideas draw little pictures um, for some reason I had the idea that you weren't writing on your book on the bus that you're graffitiing oh, your that'd ideas be so on good. the side yeah, of the bus I love that <laughs> um, and depending on what I'm thinking about I'll um, most likely do some research and look at images um, I just because I'm such a visual person, I really enjoy kind of filling my head with those things before I go in, even if I don't look mm. at them again. Um, it just helps me to know where I want to go. Um, and then if I can, I'll have studio time on my own first. Um, some of that involves like 
lying on the floor staring at the ceiling. <laughs> um, and then I'll do quite a bit of improvising um, around perhaps some uh, like physical provocations that I might think about giving to the dancers, but I kind of want to test them out myself first. Um, if I feel like I'm really onto something, I might film it and then have a look. And then maybe if I really need something that everyone, feel that I want everyone to embody, I will then try and like learn it or pull out the moves and then recreate it on other people. How do you know when you're onto something? <laughs> Very good question. <laughs> I have no idea. Um, and then like when it comes to being in the studio um, with dancers, I do a combination of um, tasking, it hopefully handing a little bit of material over if I've been successful in like finding what I think I want <laughs> um, and just making stuff on the spot um, on them and then uh, setting up a score and watching and seeing because I just think so much that beauty comes out of that time much more than thinking okay I'm going to make a move and then what move can I join to that I just think mm. they know what they're doing with their bodies and mm. to see them playing and it's just it's the best so I, I, I do like to um, have time for that play um, yeah sometimes I like to I quite like um parameters like with mm -hmm. tasks like I like a few things that might um, uh, impede or like um, uh, like restriction yeah restriction and things that will intentionally make it harder in some mm -hmm. way so sometimes I might set up a parameter for the dancers um, because it, uh, I do a little one with um, Actually, a lot of the original material for Dark Matter came from this one where we, um, someone is in the space with their eyes closed and you basically build a fortress out of furniture around them um, and they have to, um, they have a partner and they have to find their way out of the furniture but really taking... Um, particular notice of texture and temperature and shape and angles um, and they carefully pick their way out and then they keep their eyes closed the whole time and then their friend puts them back in with their eyes closed and then they attempt to more or less kind of recreate this pathway and then they put them back in again um, and they are, so they're kind of learning the choreography yeah. by this point and then we take the furniture away and they try the material and then you've got a base and then um, you can you know manipulate it from there but I kind of I found it great because you just have a task you're making stuff straight away no one's judging the material um, and often the movement is um, a bit strange or awkward or um, it's not in their personal um, movement pathways. Um, and then you go back and work it a lot. And um, But it's quite a nice and kind of fun. Like, yeah, it's like a way, way to embed experience. Yeah. So that then it can be referred to. Yeah, and I really, um, even when we, they then do it with their eyes open, um, which everyone finds harder um, to stay connected to, I keep reminding them of the textures and the temperatures because I really like fine, mm. subtle detail. Um, yeah. So that's just one little example but I also have been enjoying um, like I in fact last week I was asking Adelina to give me more restrictions like make it you know don't just give me free range like 
lock me down somehow. Like mm-hmm. I like it if you can only move one. But the, I guess the restriction in that sense is being honest with your impulse or your desire. Like there's a thing in design called um, the desire pathway, I think, hmm. or the desire line. Sorry, the desire line. So anywhere that you see a um, a footpath and say it turns left, but there's uh, grass that's obviously been trodden because mm. people continue to walk on the grass. Mm. That's the desire line mm. where the design of the built environment offers one thing, but so many people have made the choice to do another thing that mm. it starts carving out a new mm. pathway. And I think when you're uh, improvising in a very open framework, then maybe we can steal this desire line to say that Mm. I have trained pathways on my body, but there are pathways that I want to do or find pleasure in or find interest and curiosity or failure in. Mm. And what would I do if I could do anything is actually the biggest, hardest question for sentient beings to work out because most of the time that's taken care of by having a job and rocking Mm. up and doing what you're told Mm. and then you're existential crises is lifted off your shoulders Mm. (laughs) (laughs) but um it's yeah which means almost that a very loosely restrictive dance improvisational score is somehow a practice for um existing at all which is Mm. if nothing needs to be done what Mm. am i compelled to do yeah yeah that's a good point We've had quite a bit of discussion about um, uh, indulging in beauty and what my body wants to do or is um, can do because we, when we're working for others or in certain improvisational practices, you're spending most of your time undoing that or trying not to connect. Yeah, it seems to or, have been the fashion yeah, for a yeah, generation. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I, I enjoy working like that. Because you're or something or you're looking for pure movement. Yeah, like authentic, yeah, authentic movement. But then it has been quite wonderful to get to, yeah, not feel guilty about that. <laughs> about enjoyment. You know? Yeah, well, and like dancing in a beautiful yeah, yeah. manner yeah, is yeah. also With something that is not as cool. Well. Um, yeah. But Adelina was like, no, let's not apologise for that. Let's just do it. Yeah. Um, but I guess she's from a different... Which is the beauty of having someone from a different context. Yes, absolutely. Is that she's worked with uh, people like um, Inyaki Espelago, who's about not about teaching phrases, but about teaching physical states that then produce movement or compulsion. Yeah. And that's how I feel justified about dancing for pleasure as well or mm. for skill or enjoyment of the execution is coming from breakdance mm. which is still a freestyle but mm. it's, it should be a freestyle of celebration of potential not yeah. a constant undermining mm. i mean the that all the options should be available to be chosen yeah not it's... that if you're good at something then it's not authentic yes no that's true it should be if that's how our bodies move, that should be our authentic movement. But, yeah, it's a bit of a, <laughs> a big hole to be falling down. But, um, yeah, it's, and we have um, on the celebration thing, it's been quite wonderful that um, even when I've mentioned this project to people, as soon as I say the word feminism or feminist manifesto like it's really interesting watching their body language and if it's uh like oh (laughs) like or like oh god it's gonna be angsty or oh yeah go girl whatever it is um it's been amazing that both of these women although the um there are um, moments of heaviness in these works both of them are quite interested in celebrating um the female and it's quite but it's quite uh i didn't know what to expect with that i didn't know which way um it would go and so are you going to 
I, like I wonder what if, if the tables were turned if someone asked you to make something or if you end, end up as a, as a subsequent work making something from this same place on yourself yeah. would you go down the pathway of celebration and um, empowerment or would it have to be like a yeah I'll stop giving examples yeah. I'm curious what you would do if like if it turns out that you need to you need a quadruple bill or something and so you need to make the fourth piece <laughs> two hours <all> <laughs> two hour war god yeah I'm already worried that uh, two works is going to be enough as it is um uh I my initial response would be that I'd want to make um a powerful work yeah um but powerful in terms of it could it might be funny but it's and it's not like necessarily like a fuck you but um yeah it has like Adeline has been doing like there's a it, it's about power and it's not a work that's meant to be um ostracizing to men or um because that's also just a stereotype about feminists that they somehow yeah it's from a different um um, stage of feminism somehow like when there was still even body shaming built into feminism yeah and then we've had subsequent waves like most things hopefully things keep getting better and more refined and being Mm. like oh you can completely enjoy and respect yourself and if you want to go and have sex with someone that you meet that's your feminist yeah a position and it, they're all your choices yeah 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 the choice is yeah. one of the biggest things yeah um yeah I don't know I feel like uh I might want to continue on making something mm-hmm. um it's yeah I it's certainly yeah it sparks your own creative I mean we are collaborating and I'm creatively giving back um yeah with them, but it, I must say, it's super feels super indulgent to be um, leaving the rehearsal space and choosing if I want to think about the work or not. It's yeah. amazing. I mean, but I'm giving you know 110 percent when I'm there. Yeah. Um, but it's just so wonderful. Um, it feels very luxurious. Um, and yeah. It, maybe also this uh, when you were saying it's not a fuck you it reminded me of meeting a gynecologist once Mm. and he had an excellent bedside manner and he was speaking about that um, saying fuck you or telling someone to go fuck themselves should be quite a positive thing (laughs) (laughs) if you see see someone off you say see you later go and get fucked (laughs) like as a well wish I hope that at some point in the near future you get to enjoy your body and sexuality (laughs) and so maybe it's about that thing that the the powerful the powerful fuck you is not an attack or an aggression but it still can be like um a positive celebration of a powerful <laughs> fuck you. <laughs> yeah, there's this, yeah, something in that. <laughs> Definitely. It's, yeah, <laughs> it's great. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, do you have a, a why? Why? Because there's, so Dark Matter mm. and then Wonder Woman for now. Um, and all the other works that proceed mm. and lead up to this. Mm. What's your biggest hope? Mm, for the work? Yeah, um, for works in general, for dancing, oh for being a dancer. You're gonna make, you're gonna, <laughs> I think we answered the big questions. Yeah. Um, it's, uh, it might seem like a obscure kind of um, lead on from work like dark matter but actually almost all the work that I've made has um, addressed social political environmental um, concepts Um, and I don't see it's just an extension of that Um, I 
yeah, the why was it was a very timely thing that I was sitting there trying to understand why we were still protesting the same things we were in the 60s and 70s. Um, and, yeah, the, you know, the selfish part of me wanting to um, give myself performance opportunity. I'm becoming like an older dancer in Perth. Most of my, all of my peers have left. Um, almost everyone that I have worked with um, in Perth has retired, left, stopped making art. Um, I, I'm not ready to or willing to stop performing. Um, and so I thought, well, I'm going to do something about it. <laughs> I just, you know, I don't, I don't, um, yeah, I'm not ready. I'm not ready to say goodbye yet. Um, but yeah, my, I guess my hopes, um, well, that we get to the end point of this work in under three years. <laughs> um, Quick turnaround. As we were talking about yesterday, the average work now seems to take at least two to three years. Yeah. Um, I, I already am finding it quite a empowering and um, revealing process, and I think that's a really great thing to be um, experiencing at this time. Yeah. Um, that that's actually the work is yeah. to dig through and reveal yeah. things it's to yourself. Yeah, it's kind of like a long therapy session, <laughs> um, which, yeah, yeah but I, I, mean, the other I don't way, have to apologise for. No, that's what I was going to say, that part yeah. of the job of the artist is to take world experience and synthesise it so that it may be experienced um, concisely and cohesively in a manner that is uh, stomachable mm. because otherwise it's like drinking from a fire hydrant to go the direct <laughs> world experience whereas if you can have if you can listen to someone tell a story of world experience through dance or whatever that they're doing um, that's part of the work for you it's like having a translator or a mm an or narrator or something yeah and it's um i don't have to go far to find um my thoughts on all of these things and my daily um, world as a woman mm. um so yeah i guess we will reach an end point at some point soon and i one of these questions is uh, that I'm trying to answer for Julianne is, um, is it no? I'm making a dance. What is it? Oh no, maybe it's I'm making a dance because, but um, which is the why? Mm. And we were trying to work out what our contract is with the audience. What are we going to give them? Why am I there? Mm -hmm. um, and we're still trying to work that out. But, um, yeah, I always just hope um, when people watch my work or any work, really, that they are getting to have a thought process and that it makes them um, think about a few things and it's not just like, oh, that was nice, you mm. know. Um, and it, whether they hate it which this kind Probably of work likely, could be. Yeah. <laughs> That's what you think when you, like, even depending on what goes on the media, like on the, the copy about the work and how strongly you express um, feminism on there, people will walk in with their own, yeah. um, you know... Alliances or Yeah, models. thoughts about it straight away, like with, maybe with their armour on ready for, like, something really... yeah. And, and there's still not. room for that. Um, yeah. I'm not opposed to anything um, controversial. Um, but How would you be controversial, Laura? <laughs> <laughs> what would you do? How would I you don't do know. That, that's not my job as makers. They can make me do whatever they want. I told them I'll do whatever they ask. But, yeah, I just hope that there is people leave thinking about 
some things. <laughs> That's very yeah, yeah. broad, but <clears throat> no, um, it's it's well. The way I think about it is, there's someone at the end of a podcast, Naomi Rukavina. She asked me because I just asked her what she was into, mm. so we did the podcast, and then she asked me at the end what I was into. And I realised I'm just really into what is what I'm doing doing to me. Mm. And then when I think about having a contract with the audience, then I think what is what I am doing doing That's to you exactly and right. for you. Yeah. And what I hope that you, it is doing to you if you experience me doing this thing is um, connecting shit in mm. your conceptual mind map mm. of what the world is. Mm because we're all existing on our own version of the world. Mm. And if I can connect a few more things, then things that seem um, unable to be questioned suddenly become more questioned. Mm. And then if you... Uh, somehow it feels like the care to put somebody through that experience, if you do it right, means that it doesn't come as an attack mm. um, from which they need to defend themselves lest they dissolve their own personal narrative or identity. But it can come as um, a, a play or a game. Because mm. there's somehow that we let ourselves go and play pool, never assuming that we're going to become pool championships. Mm. Or we let ourselves um, play charades, never assuming that we're going to accidentally become the person who we're trying to convince other people that mm. we're acting out mm. but then there's this other uh, where that tips is where we say hey what if you thought about the world in this way that I experience it and then it's very quickly that people need to defend um, the way that they think about it mm. lest they lose who they are mm. because who they are is tied to what like the injustices they notice and do not notice mm -hmm. and the allegiances they have and do not have mm. um, and Kate Harmon has this excellent idea about performing and not being afraid to go anywhere that the uh, process requires her to go because <clears throat> it she's operating from this idea that everything that everybody in the world becomes she also had the potential to become mm. um, and that we're, we all have the same like um, set of things that get mixed and activated differently based on luck and circumstance mm -hmm. <laughs> and that that somehow reminds her of an empathy that she doesn't have to then be scared of how of being malleable yeah. or of being open yeah that's it and I um hope that I can just give a very honest performance really um, I have been very open in this process and um, we've done a bit of exploring a female hysteria and uh, Adelina asked me to go there and I really went there <laughs> um, how did it feel? it was like I said one big therapy session <laughs> it was amazing um but yeah i i agree i mean that's um what we could all hope for mm. um audiences to experience i think mm. Mm. Epiphanies, you want to finish <laughs> <on>? <laughs> I hate the part with the epiphanies. <laughs> um, or like something that you've worked out. I remember when I was saying last night that Helen Herbertson, once I asked her for wisdom, and oh. she was straight up, she was like, just take your breakfast with you on tour. Oh, that's a good one. So you don't have to face that's people when you one. just wake up. Um, but there's other epiphanies, mm. like remember that you walk out of the studio and that it's just one part and there's other epiphanies that are like mm. um, so many things that happen in your life are just luck so don't mm. congratulate yourself too much or well yeah um, no I don't think any epiphanies I just um, have been lapping up every moment of this development It's mm. it feels really luxurious um 
to be working like with these women in this beautiful studio like I've been incredibly grateful um for every day and that's um just something nice to remember yeah you know be grateful of the the little parts a nice studio with <laughs> good people <laughs> the dream yeah the dream awesome. yeah yeah um that's what I think that it's well just from that one thing that I saw of Adelina giving you mm. is that like somehow the, the piece is giving you space to be all these things that you wouldn't be mm. but you have the capacity to be mm. I think uh, and it's not for um, that I don't want to be those things I think it's just having the right platform to be it mm. because when mm. you're in a work for someone else, the work, unless it is a solo work, yeah. um, you are a vessel for their concepts and it's not often about you as a human, it's um, another concept. And this is the first solo work I've done. I mean, the I've done solos um, and, you know, like, yeah, I remember Shorter seeing you rocking that solo in um, Smith. Is what's oh, it? Oh, Amy, Amy, Amy Smith, borderline. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Like, I mean, um, um, but I, it's different to be the bill. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like the only thing on the bill. <laughs> you can't just be like, oh, I hope that um, no one was watching you during that bit. Yeah. Because you're it. Yeah, that's it. But there's also no one, you can't tell if you're doing the wrong thing either. Um, now I can't remember what the question, what we were talking about. Um, we were going to answer some of these questions. Um, oh, what was, what we're making the work about? Mm. Um, I wonder it if was, you... um, that it allows me to be something else. Doesn't matter. Lived experience being mm. I do um when you said before, you know, how could you be controversial? Oh, um, yeah. yeah, I do desire one of these people to make me do something that is more shocking or that quite unexpected for me as a performer but I also I don't need that to be the main feature I'm quite I'm quite into this idea of um, a positive outlook and, and celebration yeah because um, a lot of a lot of people are making work about heavy topics because that's where we are in the world at the uh, moment even in sci-fi movies yeah. There used to be visions of utopia in Hollywood sci-fi, and now there's, it's just dystopia after dystopia. Mm. Yeah, <coughs> and I knew that um, I would get that. I had assumed, like with Julianne, I would probably get a lighter, mm -hmm. kind of satirical look at things, which mm. is what I was hoping, but I didn't necessarily expect Adelina's to tip that way as well, so that's been interesting like my assumptions of what these people were going to make um it's nice when they get flipped mm. um, yeah but is everything just a big um autobiography <laughs> they do say that all work is autobiographical even if you think that it's not mm which blew my mind a bit when I heard that. Well, there's... I remember watching an interview with the mother of Biggie Smalls and she was saying that she works as a school teacher mm -hmm. and there was always food on the table. She made sure that they never went hungry. But one of his... Um, like some of his real famous raps are about not having anything to eat, nothing mm. to eat. 
and then now like he's rich and famous now and so they drink champagne for breakfast mm. and stuff <clears throat> but he his mother was saying that the he was not speaking on his behalf even though he was rapping autobiographically he was rapping autobiographically on behalf of those that he lived around who didn't mm. have the voice mm. that he had been mm. given the platform to have a voice mm. so I think yes but also it stretches it, yeah and it, it um, and your voice can your, seem more yeah. universal and connected That's right. based on how open you allow your eyes and heart and yeah. sense of self to be yeah. we've um even though there's a lot of truth in the work, Julianne has also been asking me to um, add fictional yeah, nice. language in, so that it gets becomes warped of what is and isn't yeah. true, and how the audience perceptions lie around the things I'm saying or doing with my body, and then also, um, you know, we had a little op shop trip. And uh, and then, yeah, the very um, simple things that we all understand about the clothes that you wear and different eras of clothes that women wore and what um, was perceived mm. of them at that time. So just kind of layering yeah. Um, and, yeah. Um, like the 20s slapper dresses and taping down your boots yeah. so you look more Yeah, boyish. that's right. All of those sorts of things. Um, and now they're like, you can get butt implants so that your butt <laughs> looks bigger. <laughs> wow, we're really just, it's just launching so silly. from dichotomy. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it's, I do think the way to access work is through your own experiences, but in doing that, hopefully you're accessing larger yeah ideas and you can and set up yourself to have experiences that mm. you haven't already had mm. so that when you access your own experience it is more relevant or open on you yeah yeah like having a baby <laughs> i was thinking like do the show pregnant is that what you mean setting up furniture oh and then being aware of the textures but <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, eventually. When you, because when you, I imagine you'll premiere this show, then have your baby, and then remount and tour the show. Maybe. Yeah, that would be good. That could really be. But then you go, oh, but wouldn't it be life. good to do when you're pregnant? That would be, would be much more interesting. <laughs> but no. I can't imagine. I think I'll just give uh, the rest of life and its important. Um, events at the time that it deserves because mm. we're not so good at that <laughs> no it's yeah usually life happens in the moments of unemployment in between employment, <laughs> in between employment. under employment yeah that's right thanks Laura thank you